0: All right, ladies and gents, this is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with yet another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Oh, uh, us a little bit to talk about today, so let's just get on right ahead into it with the war on the street. And the biggest news I got here is uh, this is a developing story from Washington. We already talked about it uh, my couple episodes ago, uh, but it is a, it still is a battle going on right now between the, the U.S. Attorney General, I'm sorry, William uh, Barr, and also the House of Democrats. Now, Representative Adam Schiff and also House Judiciary Chairman Gerald Nadler are now proposing an inherent contempt on members of Trump's staff who refuse to cooperate with them uh, this can result in uh, in fines up to two uh, to uh, t- uh, t- I'm sorry to uh, twenty five thousand dollars a day although they could be more uh, this is a quote coming from uh, mr. Schiff himself he goes on to say you can find someone 25k 25k a day until they comply you can do that we're looking through all the history uh, we're looking through the history and studying the law to make sure we're on solid ground now this has happened before uh, there is precedence for this, but it, it goes back to the 1930s. So uh, it hasn't been done in a very long time, but the Democrats feel uh, as though they, they have a strong case with this. Um, again, I, I mean, they're pushing... Um, they're doing everything except pushing the actual impeachment uh, button right now. Uh, there is a couple of strategies that they can also go into right now. Uh, but at the moment, there's, there's six ongoing investigations that are referring to Trump and his camp. And Trump is not uh, really helping out in any of them. Uh, he's taking the high ground of, I don't have anything to say. I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, but of course, even the Mueller report that has that was uh, reworded and you know summarized by uh, Barr, uh, the attorney General. Even that goes on to say that he might not have been involved in the actual colluding, uh, but he actually definitely obstructed justice. So again, like I said, I'll keep stressing that for you. That is a crime. That is something that should be investigated. Now, uh, one thing that they will tell you is this is a primary Democratic thing. Uh, however, his son, Donald Trump Jr., uh, he is now in under investigation, or he has been subpoenaed uh, by the Senate Intelligence Committee, which is ran by Republicans. So this is getting very interesting. Uh, it's, definitely, uh, it's definitely the majority of Democrats pushing this, or at least the two. Uh, in terms of the inherent contempt clause, that seems to be a Democratic push thing but uh some of the republicans are actually uh, or are are starting to investigate too and like again this is becoming very interesting because again you think they'd be all together on the same boat republicans but apparently they have subpoenaed, subpoenaed uh donald trump's son and they're looking to investigate him as well there are a few ways that congress can actually go about some more information uh that will for, for one, uh, using this uh, contempt strategy, they can subpoena testimony and documents by holding uh, the subject's of the subpoenas in contempt so they'll be they'll be uh, whoever they you know will want subpoenas on they could hold them in contempt that's the plan is to hold them in cont- contempt uh forced them uh, to pay those fines and eventually the information will be given to them that they're looking for and I'm talking about Congress uh, Congress could also take the issue to court uh, but this may not be effective because of court of course the Justice Department uh, would be it well the, the head of the Justice Department w- uh, is well that leader was appointed by Trump so you can kind of just say his influence will be there. Uh, Congress could also take the issue to court. Like I said, they could also take the uh, issue to court, but they can also form a court within the con uh, within the, within the Congress and actually hire an outside lawyer. That would take a quite a bit of time. And finally, uh, they can just go ahead and. You know again, I don't think that they should do this, but they could just go ahead and file uh the motions for a um impeachment, and this would force a lot of those files and a lot of those documents and a lot of those testimonies to come forward uh because of the because of the impeachment process but again, I think we're already to it i think we're ba- we three years in basically to this uh to this tenure you know the impeachment unless you have a smoking gun of information that can reveal you know everything that trump was responsible for The impeachment, um, the impeachment movement. I'm not really for that. Uh, I'm glad that they're investigating. I'm glad that they haven't backed up off this guy. There's something that, but there's obviously something that they, uh, the Democrats, feel they need to prove. I I just don't know what it is. Again, they can push the obstruction line. I'll be trying to push the obstruction and go from there. Uh, It's definitely. I mean, again, the Mueller report. It did state that he was guilty, well, pretty much responsible for obstruction. it. he didn't say, they didn't necessarily say he was in the colluding with the actual Russians and all that. Again, but he definitely obstructed justice. I think you have a case there. I go with that. Uh, again, it, they have not exactly... um Full heartedly committed to the uh, the impeachment process. Obviously, they're trying to go through other ways uh, in order to do that. So I kind of like it because again, if they don't, if they push the impeachment line and it, you know it really doesn't fall, you know the the the, the evidence is not fall where it may, it kind of makes the Democrats look kind of retarded. So uh, I think they're they're doing the best they can now to pull everything out uh, before they finally make that final decision if they decide to uh, impeach Trump. And again, that's not something I. Completely agree with. Like I said, we're already, you know, pretty much halfway done uh, with this tenure. Uh, I'd say you develop the best candidate on your side to go against him in the next election. Now, that I, I think uh, with the information that we're finding out now, uh, with, with, with or without impeachment, the people that know how to read between the lines are kind of realizing mm, there's more to this than meets the eye. At least that's what I'm hoping. Um, Again, he definitely obstructed justice. There's definitely um, more to this story than him just, you know, not knowing anything or him just being the 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 you know the the well wishing beneficiary of you know a rigged election so there's more to it than that I know it uh, the Democrats are fishing uh, the Republicans have just done a really good job and Trump you know be, becoming the president that he is he can make the decision on who to hire uh, certain departments to to keep an invest investigation like this uh, at bay so uh, they're both playing chess moves uh, Democrats and Republicans right now um, and there seems to be no end in sight. Uh, but again uh, I think it's very interesting that the Republican led Senate's intelligence community has Ask, uh, subpoenaed Donald Trump's son, so it kind of it kind of it, it, it's, it's dispels the notion of this being just a pro Democrat thing or anything like that. It start, it's slowly, in my opinion, becoming maybe an anti Trump or maybe you know Trump isn't you know whatever you know. But I think over time. You know more information hopefully more information will be made available and again if there's a smoking gun uh you know that we're missing here and the democrats feel like they can jump on that then by all means you know move towards whatever impeachment after whatever information you can find but i would i would i would investigate all the information that i can and make it available to the public and uh let the let the public make its decision we have about another Year and a half, I guess, this guy. Let the public, you know, des- uh, receive the information uh, what they will, uh, you know, put their sound in. And when it comes to down time for election, uh, hopefully the Democrats have a, a quality candidate that can go up against Trump, if that's the case. Uh, but for now, I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to. Uh, to come back. We're gonna talk some NBA playoffs. Of course, the Warriors have wrapped up the Western Conference semifinals. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're also gonna talk about a little bit about the Eastern Conference final uh, semifinals as well with Boston and uh, uh, Boston and sorry, Milwaukee. We're also gonna preview uh, the two games we have coming on Sunday uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, we got the Blazers in the Game Seven. We also have the Sixers and uh, the uh, Phillies. I'm sorry, the Sixers and the uh, sorry, the Sixers and the Raptors in the Game Seven as well. Uh, so we're gonna talk a little bit about that and then. And we're going to wrap everything up with some baseball talk. So uh, we'll be right back, y'all. All right. Oh, all right, y'all, so I am back, and before I get into the NBA playoffs, there is a quick story uh, that I wanted to, two little quick stories uh, that I wanted to get into dealing with the Lakers right now. We all know about their offseason troubles. They let go of Luke Walton April the 12th after, you know, yet another losing season, Uh, and they've been pretty much on a head coaching search since that has happened Uh, again, and they haven't really had a lot of good luck. Uh, recently, Ty Liu has decided to reject the Lakers' offer of a three year 18 million bucks. I'm not too sure of how much money Ty Liu was looking for, but he was definitely looking for something along the realms of five years. So much more than probably 18 million. Uh, again, there was also a, ch- oh, he was also not a big fan of working uh, possibly next to Jason Kidd, uh, who was also a potential candidate for the job. Uh, Jason Kidd would have been an assistant coach. Of course, Ty Liu would have been the head coach. That really wouldn't have made any type of sense because they're well. A, a basket, basketball analyst will tell you Jason Kidd is a, is a head kid, head coach too. I don't think he's that good of a head coach. I digress. I don't know why the Lakers are looking at him. I, did they? Did you not guys not see what he did with the Bucks? This is the same guy that had to force a timeout by. Well, purposely tripping himself so he can knock water on a referee. So I'm not a fan of Jason Kidd as a coach. Um, he was a decent player, but I I don't see why the Lakers would look into him. Uh, I I could see Tyron Lue, of course, because he has that relationship with LeBron. Uh, he was able to get a championship. Uh, to LeBron too so uh, I do understand Ty Lu, but they kind of gave him a very mediocre contract that he was not feeling um and that's kind of unfortunate uh, another candidate of theirs uh Monty Williams somebody that they were really high on he was a former assistant for the 76ers uh he also was an assistant for a couple of different teams as well throughout the league he recently signed with the Phoenix Suns uh so that kind of puts him I mean because again I think they're First pick might have been Monty Williams and I think Ty Lue and then uh, Jason Kittle's kinda ranked after that. Uh the Lakers recently interviewed Juwan Howard as well. Again, I I've heard about him being on people's staffs and being an assistant and all that. But again, he's a kind of a no, a no man, you know, in terms of, you know, being a head coach, he hasn't really had that experience yet. Um, And it's just kind of just sucky because uh, LeBron is near the end of his career. Um, We know he wanted at least one more championship before he hung it all up. Uh, And it just, you know, of course, he wants to attract a free agent and, you know, it's just in a situation right now in LA where I don't know what's going on. Of course, there's there's rumblings about. Uh, of course, well, uh, I'm pretty sure some of you guys might have heard about the mini protests that some fans uh, held uh, yesterday or maybe the day before outside of the uh, Lakers facility. And it's just interesting, you know. Of course, it wasn't a big old mob of people; it was like thirty, forty people, something like that. I heard. But again, it's just enough, you know, to kind of have everybody looking at the Lakers, like, what's you know what's going on. Um, And to be honest, I couldn't tell you. Of course, they have a GM in there named Kurt Rambis. Uh, He was a former player for the Lakers. Uh, A lot of people are against what he's doing. Of course, there's still some, you know, there's still some, uh, what's the the word, reservations uh, towards Rob Polinka. They're not really feeling him either. And you have a very difficult situation going on in L.A. right now. I don't know who they can attract this summer, um, especially if they do not have a good coach. Uh, You know, there is a possible, well, I have been hearing, uh, you know, some people just outright saying LeBron should ask for a trade or demand a trade. And I don't know, you know, at this point in his career, you know, he's, you know, he's been in there for, in, in the league 16, 17 years. Is it worth it? You know, just the, the force of the trade is he, does he really want to go through that process? Uh, what is this market like? You know, I don't know if he gets, you know, if the Lakers get that much of a return for trading him at this point in his career, uh, especially after the season he's had last year. So, uh, the Lakers are in a very, uh, very weird situation Uh, they might be bad for a considerable length of time if they don't get if they don't get the right head coach in there and they don't really get the right uh, personnel in there uh, meaning offseason talent or whatever like that or you know make you know make a couple splashes during the draft maybe you know just pick up and they're probably not gonna get a top pick but uh, you know just if they're not able to do their homework then just get somebody that can contribute next year uh, they're not looking they're gonna be they're gonna be Pretty bad for a while, in my opinion. So, uh, tough break on them. Uh, but let's move on to the playoffs. We're going to go over the Western Conference semifinals, of course. Game six, 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 sorry, game 6 was last night. Uh, The Warriors got it done 118 and 113 against the Rockets, of course. They will go on to win that series 4-2. Let's break down the scoring for Curry. He had 33 points. Uh, five rebounds and also four assists. Clay also, Clay Thompson also did his thing with 27 points, two assists. He also had two rebounds. Iguodala, uh, he had 17 points, three rebounds, and also two assists. For the Rockets, James Harden led the way. Actually, he led all scores with 35 points. He also put up eight rebounds and five assists. Chris Paul uh had a, somewhat of a turn-back-the-clock game. I uh, haven't really seen him have a game like this in a while. 27 points, 11 rebounds, also 6 assists. And P.J. Tucker, uh, he put in 15 points and had 4 rebounds. He also had 2 assists, but he also played really good defense as well. Uh, but again, the Rockets just come up short. Uh, this time the, the the Warriors did not have KD. Um and really, the biggest takeaway I could take uh, to get from this game, uh, well, actually, two takeaways that I could get from this game was Curry was scoreless in the first half and exploded in the second half for 33. That's pretty much your X factor right there. They had no answer for Steph Curry. Uh, the Rockets usually ne- they never did have an answer for any of any of the things that the Warriors had. All they could do was just match. Uh, their only their only claim to fame was they can they can they can match Golden State in terms of shooting um, from time to time. Then they would go cold. And in terms of defense, uh, there'll be things that they could do defensively, like certain matchups, like PJ Tucker, of course. He was a big name defensively during the series. But um that's that was only for short bursts, that was only for short moments. Uh reality, uh Houston, throughout the year that they've been facing the Warriors, have had no answers for them. Um and I don't feel feel really that bad for them. Uh I, I think their their style of basketball is unsustainable. Uh, they go straight strictly to james Harden and and try to go from there and they live on the three and uh, they're not as good as Golden State from the three so i don't I don't see why you would go uh that method uh to against them um one thing that I also found interesting if you look at those stats the shooting splits the scoring splits were pretty even uh Golden State and um the Rockets made about the same amount of shots and three pointers in general so uh look look at that also uh Golden State went to the line a couple more times as well, so I think golden State just wanted it more um, the Rockets, of course. Uh, I, I guess they wanted. They had it at home. They had, you know, KD gone, and I. They just again, they fell apart. I don't know what the the what the the move is for them in the in the final, and you know, the, the subsequent seasons. But it's obvious this team can't beat the Warriors, and it's not that good. And I'm tired of can we can we eliminate them officially from all playoff conversations? I don't want to hear next season that they're they people's top picks. I don't want to hear the experts saying, oh, they're 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 shooing to go to the Western Conference Finals. I'm tired. of hearing hearing that they're obviously not that good i'd rather see somebody else there i'm i'm rooting i'm definitely rooting for denver or or portland to have a good showing in this in the in, in the western conference finals whoever shows up there uh only because you know again i think they have a better one of those teams have a better job at beating them than houston does i just I'm not a fan of Houston. I have not been a fan of Houston. I I I was one of the few people that said even when this trade went down, I don't see them doing anything with this trade. This is this is this is just you know, uh, two players that felt like they were you know, slighted by the NBA coming together. That being Chris Paul and and James Harden, and they tried to you know take over the league together, and it didn't work for whatever reason. Um, you know, their style of play is not sustainable. For his championship. Sorry, there's not there's nothing that you can there's nothing that the Houston Houston fan could explain to me as to why that they feel they that they are deserving of a title shot or deserving to be in those top type, type of talks every year. I'm sorry. Again, eliminate, I don't care if you're a fan or not, eliminate uh the, the Houston Rockets from any title conversation for the next three or four years. I don't care how you feel, they're not winning, they're not gonna beat the Warriors. They, and I to be honest with you, they I don't think they could beat the, 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 the Nuggets of the world or the Blazers. So um I'm glad that they didn't make it. I'm glad that they fell apart like this. So maybe we can see something different. Maybe we can actually see them trying again next year, not relying on referees to call calls for them and complaining when things don't go right. They just didn't show up. They just didn't play that well. Again, they dropped another game to Golden State without their star player. The last year was, oh, we didn't have Chris Paul. We didn't have this. Okay, but just Chris uh, James Harden just missed everything. That was You didn't mention that either. Now again, you don't have you you don't have the Warriors, don't have KD, they don't have uh DeMarcus Cousins and you still lose? No. Take that bullshit brand of basketball back to Houston. Nobody wants to hear y'all excuses no more. Stop complaining about the referees cheating, y'all. Y'all just shut y'all just suck, okay? Houston sucks. I'm going to say it. I'm going to keep saying it. Houston sucks. Houston Sucks and let's stop talking about how they're a second fiddle or they could challenge in the West next year. I don't want to hear how good they they're not that good. We've seen them look at their best. They're not that impressive. That team that you saw last night could have been beaten by Portland, could have been beaten by Denver. Uh I, I think Oklahoma City could have given their give could have given them a run for their money. Just like just like San Antonio. Any playoff team could have possibly beaten this year's Rockets. I'm sorry, except for the except for Utah. And you t- because Utah is just, you know, Utah has its own issues. But Utah, Utah is young as well. But those established teams, the Portland's, the Denver's, no. I, I, I don't even, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Uh, they're, they're average their average play their average team at best. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep it real. James Harden is not that phenomenal. Neither is Chris Paul. Can we stop overhyping these guys? I'm not impressed by what James Harden. He can score fifty points in a regular season game when it doesn't matter. When it comes down to the to, to the game being on the line, he's not. He he sc- that thirty five points he scored in, in last in, in, in the last game was what did it do? Nothing. 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 It meant nothing. He puts no impact on his team. He just scores a lot of points. Sorry, he's not a great to me. He's overrated. I'm going to keep saying that. He's the most, one of the most overrated players to me that I've seen in the past 15 years. Sorry. I am just had to go in uh sunday we got some game seven uh matchups of course eastern and western semi-finals uh first up we have the uh we have the blazers going up against the uh, uh sorry the nuggets that's gonna be a good one uh portland battle all the way back a couple nights ago to force this game seven um in that last game uh they won actually 119 to 108 uh, Dave finally had a really good shooting performance. Uh, he had been shooting at a at a believe 30 thirty thirty something percent, uh, thirty six or something like that throughout the series throughout this series, particular series. Uh, but he was able to get it back, get a measure of success last night. Yeah, I think he got like thirty three points. Uh, McCollum had about thirty points as well. That was I. That, I was saying that was the key to victory throughout the entire series. I don't think we're out of game seven. If uh. If Lillard isn't, you know, as isn't ineffective like that or had better numbers, had better percentages, percentages, I think we be be, game, be up at least a game. Uh, we possibly could even won this series at this point. Um, that's just me. I will give Denver the benefit of the doubt. Uh, they did. They did uh, play some different matchups. They did the uh, they name Lillard up. For a good amount of the series, he did get free uh, in the last game, and I think that was a deciding factor because, in all reality, people can say what they want. Uh, the Portland bench and the Portland uh, death has been outperforming uh, Denver's throughout the series. You can you can say what you want. If 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 that was if the if the if the Nuggets were completely embarrassing us and all this that and the other they 'd be winning the series they they're winning certain individual matchups, but they're told to th- this would not be a tied series if they were dominating us i'm sorry, I won't buy that a tie game a, a tie game three three going into a game seven i'm not i'm not saying a team that nobody really has an upper hand in that. In that predicament, sorry, I won't buy it. Uh, Jokic uh, has had he's had his moments. We even have we have even had Paul Millsap have his moments. But at the same time, this series is still tied, and Dame Lillard hasn't even unleashed himself necessarily yet. Uh, the real X factor, the best player on, on both teams, is Damian Lillard. You can sit there and say Jokic, eh, okay, but Jokic can still ball out, and the, and the Nuggets can still lose. The, I'm sorry. When Damian Lillard balls out and gets his 30, 40, 50, you can see what he could do with 30. Just 30 points got us a an easy win. You keep him between 18, 18, and, and below 25 points, you have a shot. The minute the minute Dame busts open for 30 or more, you've lost the game. I don't know if the Nuggets can keep him bottled up for another game. We'll have to see. He looks like he's getting hot, but we'll see. Shooters are streaky. We'll have to see. Uh, I I personally like Portland in that game. Uh, I that's just me, and I gotta ride. I'm gonna ride with them. Um, that's my team. I know. I I you know, as a as what I call myself, I would call myself an analyst, like the, the Stephen A. Smith guys and all that. They like to be biased, um, you know, or unbiased. But I gotta ride with my team. I got to play the fan right here. I'll ride with him. If we lose, I'll live with it. Um, but I like, I like my team's chances. I think, you know, if Damian Lillard can score 30 or more, I, 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 I don't see us losing. If he scores 30, 40, something like that, we're not losing that game. Jokic can score, can, can get a triple double, and they can still lose uh, because Will Barton is not going to do nothing. Jamal Murray may not play well defensively. Uh, Millsap may not show up that game. So uh again, and as far as I've been seeing this series, Rodney Hood has been showing up every game. Um Harkless, you know, in and out, you know, back and forth. Uh also same thing with Zach Collins. He can also show up as well. I I'm sorry, more people on that Houston, I'm sorry, more people on that Portland side has shown up to me more more often than not, uh, than than, than the Denver than the Denver Nuggets side. And again, the Nuggets were the top seed Again. On paper you say that the Nuggets are the better team. So the fact that it's tied says more about Denver than it says about Portland. That's my opinion. Uh what uh moving on to the Eastern Conference semis Toronto, Philly Again, I like Philly. I just feel like Philly has a lot more going on. I like I like Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler. I like that combination. Embiid all together as opposed to just Siakam uh, and Leonard. And then you might have Marcus Sall. Uh Kyle Lowry, we know he's an effective Van Fleet. Some of their bench presence for Toronto has not really been there. So I'm iffy about Toronto, to believe it or not. Uh people I might have them as a favorite. I like Philly. I just happen to like the fact that Philly has a lot of different, you know, well-named guys who, you know, just need a good game, and they can call it – this series is a wrap. Um, It'll be a good matchup to see. I think that's – you know, that should go – Maybe even an overtime. I think both these games go to overtime, honest with you. I could be wrong, but I, I like I like these both these games going to overtime. We need to have a solid win come out of these ones. Um, but for now, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to wrap everything up with some MLB action. We're going to be going over just let yesterday's scores. Uh, so we will be right back, y'all. All right. All right, y'all, we are back. And uh, like I said, we've been going over some MLB action from yesterday. Uh, Starting off in the National League, the Brewers were able to get it done against the Cubs 7-0 in some NL Central action. The Angels were able to also get it done uh, against the Orioles 8-3 as a final score. Out in Toronto, the Blue Jays got it done against the Chicago White Sox 4-3, the the Mets were able to get an easy one against the Marlins. Eleven to two is the final score there. Uh, the Yankees uh, were able to beat the Rays four to three in some AL Central, uh, say some AL East action. Excuse me. For the Yankees, they were led by third baseman Gio Urshala, who hit a two-run homer. Uh, shortstop Glaber Torres also hit an RBI single, and the winning pitcher was Domingo German. He went for five innings. He gave up five hits, uh, three earned runs, but he also had five strikeouts. For the Rays, uh, they definitely got some help from their right fielder. All- Austin Meadows. He had two hits and also two RBIs. At the moment, the Yankees are 23 and 14. Uh, the Rays are 23 and 15. Uh, the Yankees are now the first place team in the AL East. Uh, moving on to some more AL action, American League action. That is, uh, the Red Sox get it done against the Mariners. Easy work for them. 14 to one is the final score there. Uh, the Twins got it done against the Tigers, six to zip. Uh, the Astros also blanked the Rangers, three to zip. Uh, the Royals they get a, a minor upset against the Phillies. 5-1 is the final score there. For the Phillies, they got uh, one RBI from Abdul Herrera, their center fielder. Uh, For the Royals, they got uh, tremendous help from their left fielder, Alex Gordon who had two hits. He also had three RBIs. Uh, Right fielder uh, Jorge Soler and also Designated hitter, uh, designated hitter. Excuse me. Uh, Kelvin Gutierrez also got RBIs as well. And the winning pitcher yesterday was Homer Bailey, who went for five innings. He gave up four hits, only one on a run, uh, but he also had four strikeouts as well. Uh, moving on back to the uh, the National League, the Pirates got it done against the, the Cardinals, two to one. The Rockies were able to beat up on the Padres, twelve to two. The A's got a one-run victory against the Indians, four to three. In some American League action, and we also got the Braves here. Uh, getting, an, getting a, a solid one against the D-backs here. 2-1 is the final score there. Uh, for the Braves, uh, they were led by first, base, first baseman Freddie Freeman. Uh, he had two hits. He also had an RBI. Uh, shortstop Dansby Swanson also had three hits as well in four at-bats. And the winning pitcher was Julio Tehran. He went for six innings, uh, had three hits, uh, gave up only one earned run though. He also had four strikeouts. And for Arizona, they got help from their left fielder, David Peralta. He had two hits. He also got an RBI as well. The D-backs move up to 22 and 17 on the season. Uh, the Braves are at 19 and 20. Uh, just a bit, just to backtrack just a little bit. The Phillies now stand at 21 and 16. They're still on top of the A. Uh, the NL East, excuse me. And the Merit, I'm sorry, the Royals are at 14 and 26. They're still at the bottom of the AL Central. And uh, we also got the Nats, uh, Nats taking an L to the Dodgers, 0 to 5 uh, yesterday. And finally wrapping everything else, uh, wrapping everything up, excuse me, the Giants take another L, this time to the Cincinnati Reds, 7-0 seven to, seven to zero is the final score there. All right, yo, we're going to call it a wrap for today. Uh, my next episode, uh, since it is playoff time, I want to do a top five. Actually, I'll do a top eight. My top eight uh, favorite playoff games of all time. Uh, these are just all the games that I've been able to see either, you know, uh, through highlights, through old clips, or games that I was actually around to see uh, on TV or even in person. So we're going to talk a little bit about my favorite uh, playoff basketball games, uh, break it down. Like I said, I'm going to be doing uh, top five or top eight uh, because, you know, like I said, this is the, the celebration of my year anniversary, so I started my show on uh May the fifth. I mean sorry, May the eighth. So everything is gonna be like five or eight related. So I'm gonna start everything off with a with a top eight, uh, with a top eight list for y'all. My next show. I'm also gonna get into some more on the street as 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 usual, and we'll be going over the playoffs as well. All right, y'all. So I'm gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna take. Well, I'm gonna call it a wrap for today. If anybody hasn't told you uh told you yet, I love you. Y'all have a good day. Peace out. One love. Once again, you've been listening to Never Out of Bounds.